everybody, welcome back to another edition of PD and P-Dubs Unscripted. P-Dubs, good to see you here in the studio. Ooh, yeah, we should be outside on, uh, we should have taken Streaming Mobile One outside. It's so beautiful today. Yeah, but could we figure out outside how to work it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I just know I need to turn in one button right now, because then you got to move all these cables that are to the left of us here. Yeah, I, I would be useless. Or you're useless. right, my left. I would be useless to you on that, and... Uh, I mean, our tech team has it set up where all I have to do is turn on mobile streamy one <laughs> and plug in one little dongle into my laptop and we can record. <laughs> oh, well, you know, some ideas are not so great, but... but did you go out, did you have lunch outside today? I did, uh, here on this May 11th day, which is a beautiful spring day, and um, it was so nice. I had a slice of pizza at the park, the reservoir, Ah, you know, way up on the hill. Way up on the hill. You know, kind of like, you know, remembering Jesus' ascension, kind of. Oh. You know, he took the disciples up to a mountain. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what we're going to talk about today. So that is a good segue. Yeah. But I, before you had that segue... Just throwing seeds. I, you know, throwing seeds, I was going to say, did you see any people doing some Frisbee golf there? I did, actually. Um, <clears throat> there were an, uh, about a handful of Frisbee golfers. Okay. There was a group of three. And then there was a couple of solo folks, and uh, yeah, they were they were going right along the edge of the reservoir and having a good time. It is a fun thing. That's the only place I've ever done some frisbee golf. I have never. Uh, well, I have tried frisbee golf with like a regular frisbee, but not, I know that there's like special frisbees now. Yeah, right? they're like yeah, because I mean I have a set. And they're like weighted differently because this yeah. one's supposed to fly further for your driver. Mm-hmm. This one's better for putting, which was on your close. I'm like, does it really make a difference? Yeah, and uh, they're they're like hard discs, right? Yeah, and they're kind of thicker somewhat, and mm-hmm. I think some too, like the angles and like it has like the way it's supposed to break. I don't know. I just bought like a starter set on Amazon. Mm. So, do you like? Are they numbered like you know how golf clubs are one? You have a driver and then a two and a three. I think or a five wood. Like mine, I think if I can remember correctly, they kind of say on the disc itself like driver. Oh, okay. Putter. Okay, so there actually is like a putter disc. Yes, there is. I think it's a heavier one. And is it smaller so it'll fit in the basket? I think it is a little smaller. I'm learning all sorts of so things I'm today. Just, this is great. I'm just trying to look up a set here. This this actually looks like the brand I have. So yeah, so this one says like, so if I zoom in here, this one says Stable Fairway Driver. And mm. I don't know, this looks like the same brand that I have. They're like Speed 9, Glide 5, Turn Negative 1, Fade Two. Mm. Yep. Oh, you need to know that stuff. <laughs> Doesn't make a difference for me. It's like you've seen my golf game. I don't take I don't take anything into consideration. I just hit. So you can slice and hook on your frisbees too. Yeah. It kind of depends. So this other one says stable mid-range. Ooh. I can't read the speed. It looks like a speed is a five, a glide is five, turn negative one, fade one, and then the putter, and that's kind of covered some. So it does say like on the disc itself. Hmm. Like what it should be used for. Okay. But yeah, it is a fun kind of activity. What I like, about, I mean, I love regular golf, mm-hmm. but what I like about this is I haven't lost any of my my discs, <laughs> and I have lost many of golf golf balls. balls. Oh man, you're so right. I mean, nothing's worse when you go buy a whole box of golf balls, and I'm not talking about a sleeve of three. 
and like a whole like, like thirty six case or- of them, and like you go through a round of golf and you've lost like three sleeves. You know, like you go through nine balls or something because you're hitting them in the woods or in the water. and Yeah. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I've never lost a disc, thankfully. That's good. But I don't, yeah, it's because, yeah, because, like, it's crazy because, like, on your first one on your drive, there's usually, like, a little concrete. I don't know if you noticed that there's, like, a concrete slab. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, like, the tee-off Yeah, place? and so you can, like, get, like, a little bit of a running. Okay. I'm always afraid, like, am I going to slip on this? <laughs> you know, I'm just going so at it, and then you throw it, and then it's like, oh, I thought I could throw this thing farther than it goes. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, after that, it's pretty much you just pick up and you kind of throw it as you don't get that little running like you do at the off your tee box. Oh, okay. So you have to be stationary. Yeah, okay. or maybe you can take, like, a kind of, like, a step, step. as you throw it, like, okay. not standing most stationary. I've noticed more and more uh, Frisbee golf courses popping up around the area. I was out in Dixon, Illinois earlier, and there was right along the Rock River a very nice Frisbee disc course kind of going in and out the woods and uh, in the open picnic area. Really nice. And I don't know if it's because it's a cheaper thing because, like I said, at the reservoir here in Palatine, it's free. Yeah. So you can just it might go, be. go whenever, just buy your discs. Mm-hmm. And like I think mine, like the ones I was looking at just now, when I was looking, is like, you know, for like four discs, five discs, maybe 30 to $50. That's a whole lot cheaper than golf balls and golf clubs and all the other accessories that go with golf. So is there a Frisbee disc golf cart like you just drive? I've walked it. At, <laughs> I've walked it, and man. <laughs> is that... That's a ridiculous question, I know. But could you imagine, like, somebody's out there tooling around with their their electric cart? Okay, coming out in Frisbee golf. And this is why we need the video aspect of our podcast, so you can see both of us, like, pretend like we're driving a golf cart there, even though nobody was in the studio but yeah, us Yeah, we're, we're mimicking driving, like... Uh, and I was sitting nice and straight, like... Dirt, dirt, dirt. But, yeah. yeah, and, like, I don't know, like like I said, I've done it a couple times there, well, once with one of our members, and then once I went on my own after, I think it was, like, field day the one day, I was like, hey, it's a nice day, I'm out here, might as well go, and, like, the back nine there was really confusing to figure out the numbering and, like, how it's laid out, mm. so I know, like, I got lost the first time I went there, and then this other time I was like, I think, and then I found out I was going the wrong way, mm. but, it, so, yeah, you get your walking in, you get your steps, but you feel good when you put it in, just kind of like real golf. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, well, that's cool. I, uh, I have to try it sometime with some, like, real discs. Yeah, and, it's uh, a good time, you know. So, so but, Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to have lunch up on the hill and watching the Frisbee golf. and uh, No ascensions going on up there. I did not notice anyone uh, ascending into heaven, so that was good. Um Yep, there were lots of birds flying around, and you know, just a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes, yes we're not going to do another man. That's back to back weeks, Mister Rogers. Yeah, neighborhood I, references. Yeah, I, I, uh, I um, I'll refrain. Um, well, you don't have a zipper today in your quarter zip here. <laughs> yep, for but, sure. But yeah, so we want to talk a little bit about ascension because that's you know important time that. Sometimes gets missed, I think, a little bit in the church calendar because it doesn't always fall on a Sunday. Exactly. So, I mean, some churches do do an Ascension Day service. Mm-hmm. Some don't. So it doesn't always get talked about every year, depending on the church. Right. It's uh, always on a Thursday because it's the 40th day after Easter, and Easter's always on a Sunday. So 
Um, yeah, it, I think it really depends, in, you know, on the church um, culture in, in, in the in the church itself. Like some churches, as you say, celebrate it; some don't. And uh, I don't know. I don't remember in our history really ever um, having an Ascension Day service, which mm. you know could be. You know, there's times where I think it would be nice, you know. Right. Um, and uh, because, you, you know, you can't talk about it on Sunday because there's the Sunday, you know, assigned lectionary reading. assigned reading. So um, it is kind of an important thing. I mean, so we thought, you know, let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, why why did Jesus do this? And um, what was the purpose of it? And, you know, was it fulfilling prophecy of any kind? And that kind of thing. So um, maybe we could just start out by looking at the Luke, I'm sorry, the the Acts uh, reading reading of this. Acts uh, chapter 1. That seems to provide most details. So I can read that since it's not too long of a reading. Okay, go for it. Acts 1, 6 through 11. Looks like 11, yep. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. All right, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And uh, I couldn't help but think as you were reading this of the transfiguration. It's almost like uh, transfiguration in reverse. Right. Like, you know, transfiguration, all of a sudden Jesus is there glowing, and, and uh, now he's he's ascending. He's going up. Right. And just, you know, just like we even with transfiguration, like what it would have been like to witness that, just to <laughs> see that, like, you know, he was lifted up. So is he just like floating yeah. up there, and then like, does he get so far up into the sky and they don't see him? Yeah. I don't know if I talked about this before, but I did this um, funeral Oh, some months ago, it must have been like February, and the family, we came out of the funeral parlor where the service was and the visitation, and they handed everybody white balloons, okay? So they had a balloon release, hmm. and, you know, there must have been like 50-some balloons, at least, and so they all go up, and we're all just kind of like looking up, staring, staring at these balloons, go away, go away, go away, and almost... You know, they were all kind of together. Most of them were still kind of banded together, not tied by any means together, but they were still grouped together. And it looked like they had stopped going up or moving away. They kind of were just hanging there, way up there. And I found myself, like, enthralled by, like, looking. And I I thought to myself, 
I wonder if that's what the disciples look like. Me, you know, just kind of, you know, looking up in the sky, watching, wondering, like, what in the world? Why aren't they moving? You well, know, it's kind of like, you know, like I like how the two, I would assume, two angels, two men in white. Yeah, they're like men of Galilee. Why do you stand <laughs> looking into heaven? So kind of what you're describing. Like, thankfully, nobody said, guys. Why are you just staring up into heaven? Right, I, and uh, I love that's like the humor of God right there, like in in the, in His Word. You know, here here's some angels. These guys were mouth wide open, probably just like staring like I was at the balloons. I mean, like I I, I you know we all kind of stood there together in the parking lot, and then people started going away, and I I, I went away and I went into my car, and I'm, as I'm going to my car, that's when I just sat in my car and I'm like looking at it and. There was a couple next to me, and I'm like, oh, I better stop looking because they'll think I'm really weird. And uh, so, but it was, the, it was the weirdest thing. Like, they were kind of just suspended up in the sky. And uh, so, um, yeah, a little humorous moment, you know, like, hey, what are you guys doing just sitting here watching this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah here's what happened. You know, and and maybe that was nice that that uh, Luke wrote this for for us. You know, the message from the angels. You know, he, this he was taken up into heaven, and he's going to come back in the same way. Right. So that's you know, somebody. I think a lot of people always wonder, like, what's the end times going to look like? Mm-hmm. And if okay, Jesus is descending down from heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's omnipresent. So like, will you see him no matter where you're at in the world? Or is it just one specific location, or how is that going to look? I know, right? Like the whole world is going to see Jesus coming, right? Is is I don't assume. How does that happen? Yeah, it's not going to be like New Year's, where like here in the United States, like we see the ball drop in New York City, then you see it in Chicago, yeah. Then I don't know what would be the next, like yeah, L.A. Maybe. Well, no, you still got the time zone in between us and L.A. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the mountain time. The mountain time. Denver. Denver. Okay. <laughs> the Denver one now, that's the one I look forward to seeing yeah. the Denver fall drop for New Year's. And then finally you get like LA. So so you can see Jesus coming at least four times in the United States based on like when he comes. Yeah, so is it does he come at but I'm like Well, even the day before, you know, you'll see in Sydney, Australia, Jesus coming. <laughs> and then and then you see in the United States, is that how it's gonna be? So is it just a spoiler? Does he just like spoiler spoiler alert here? Right, right. Oh, but, it's it's uh, it's I, the day of the Lord already in Sydney, Australia. Look at all this, and then it's just like, dang it, I yeah, missed it. I missed it. Oh, I'm like, I gotta wait now. Yeah. But I guess it would give people a chance to repent if they knew. Yeah, you you've got a few hours you right to get your hours. life straight. As silly as it sounds, like, you know, it is that question, but obviously with Jesus being omnipresent, mm-hmm. he can be everywhere at once. How that looks, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out, but yeah. I think it will be, like, so obvious and apparent. Like, you can't, like, like think, oh, this is something different. It's going to be real obvious. Right. And so the ascension um, does actually uh, fulfills Jesus' words to the chief priests. When he said in Mark fourteen sixty two, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And uh, it also fulfills the prophecy of Daniel in, uh, concerning the Son of Man in Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And that, those verses say, uh, Daniel writes, I saw in the night visions, 
And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away in his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So it's like you see this, like the Ancient of Days is the Heavenly Father. So the the Son of Man is going up and presented to the Heavenly Father because his work on earth is complete. And so, and he does. He sits down at the right hand of God and has dominion over all things. Right, and I don't know, when I read that, I almost can also say like an end times, like his return, mm. when it says there came one like a son of man, and mm-hmm. he came, so almost like that he was coming back down. It does sound like that, and then it says that he came to the ancient right. of days, yeah. So it's just like... It does sound like, oh, he's coming to us, and they're like, whoops, n- nope, the other way. Um, So, you know, now for all eternity, Jesus sits down at the right hand of the Father, not only as our king but also as our great high priest. And uh, he's the one who leads the heavenly worship, you know, to the Father, that honors the Father. Right. He's the one that's interceding on our behalf. Like Mm -hmm. when we pray, it's like kind of going through him, like, hey, you know, remember, especially like when it comes to that judgment day or like when we do pass away, if we pass away before judgment day, he's like, oh, nope, they're good. Remember, I died for them. Yeah, right. Their sins, they're washed away. This one's good, Father. You know, uh, let them in. Um, but I love how um, Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he he gives the disciples an answer to a question that they asked him. And this kind of shows like they're still kind of wondering, when are you going to overthrow the Romans and all of this? Right. And, you know, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And And who could blame them, right? I mean, like even... 40 days after he rose, they're still thinking, all right, yeah, he's still here. All right, he's going to take the throne. This is going to be awesome. And then, like, Jesus is like, well, you're not supposed to know the time. Or the season. Yep. Um, And and that's what always amazes me is how we have so many people try to predict mm -hmm. the end of, oh, this is what it says in the Bible. It's like, it also says, even the sun doesn't know when he's going to return. Right. Right. So, like, saying the world's going to end on this and such a date, like, that's a sign to be cautious of that person. Right, exactly. And, uh, but Jesus tells them, he kind of now points them ahead to something big in the future. He's like, but you know what? Um, You don't know the time, but, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And uh, and you will become my witnesses uh, to, to, like... um, you know, concentric circles geographically. So he starts with, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, where they're at, in all of Judea, the region of Judea, Samaria, which is, you know, like farther out, and um, you're witnessing to, you know, a people that uh, the Jews had problems with and they're marginalized, and also to the end of the age. So I I think of like if you throw a stone in the water of calm pond or something, and you see those concentric circles going out, that's what I think of when Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses, and it's just like spreading out. Right. And we'll talk more on next week's episode kind of about that time when the Holy Spirit does come to them. So Mm -hmm. 
If you yeah, don't want to give it away. Yeah, you don't want to miss next week when we talk <laughs> about that. I'm not even going to say what that event is called. No, no. I, uh, Keep people on their toes. You know, this is called, I believe, like a teaser. Teasing what's going to be coming up next, but not fully mm-hmm. revealing. I know. It might cost you something. Wait, we're trying to charge for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad attempt on a play of words. I mean, we haven't had a sponsor for quite a while on this podcast. <laughs> no, we haven't. We got to think about that. To all of our listeners out there, maybe they can suggest somebody to sponsor. Yeah, there you go. But, um, you know, in another place that, um, you know, Jesus, uh, the the ascension is is shown is in Mark chapter 16, and, and Mark in great brevity uh, does share with us a little bit about the ascension. And uh, let's see here. If we start at Mark 16, that's the Great Commission according to Mark. And um, But in verse 19, um, so verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And goes down to verse 19. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So, Pastor, maybe you can help our listeners. Like, what is the right hand of God all about? I mean, that's that position of power that, like, when you're on somebody's right side, mm-hmm. you have kind of that almost influence where you can kind of speak into them and, like, help direct that person. Exactly. Um, yeah, you, you, you hit it right. Uh, scripturally, the right hand of God is the one of power and authority, and so Jesus has that position. He's because of what he's done in obedience to the Father, coming to suffer and die and rise. He has been granted this honor in heaven to right. you know all authority, as he says in Matthew twenty-eight. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And uh, go therefore so and make that disciples. Like the chief of staff, kind of. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> no advising, directing. Uh huh. And, like, this one doesn't pick up, and we kind of, we're talking about Matthew 28, the end of Matthew 28, where it also has the Great Commission, mm-hmm. but doesn't really talk about his ascension there. But that's really what it's all about there, as he, send, as he ascends, no longer is he the one physically, verbally, like, where you can hear his voice sharing and proclaiming the good news, mm. but it gets passed on to us, his disciples, to continue on that mission of sharing about him. Yeah. And here's where you hear that, or you see that they're on a mountain, right? Like, so, you know, verse verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain. So, you know, I don't know. Here they're in Galilee. Um, They went to the mountain to see to which Jesus had directed them. And this is interesting. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I still, that's, that's really an interesting thing, like... How? How do you still have your doubts? But don't we still sometimes? So I guess that leaves room for us. Right. You know, like, you know. And maybe because they didn't fully have the Holy Spirit come upon them where mm-hmm. they were doubting. But and just looking at what comes next in the Acts, I'm like, why didn't we have Matthias chosen to replace Judas before? Four? So he could be one of the 12 then to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, like, Why did that happen? Maybe that was like Jesus' first assignment to him. Like, okay, I got to give you something to do. I can't do it all for so you. So make a disciple. Yeah. And maybe that was the That was thought. the way. Because uh, it's just like, you think like of all the time that passed since Judas' betrayal, 
to the Ascension, Mm -hmm. at least 40 days, and yet they never thought to find a replacement? And you think in this day and age, how quickly do we want to find a replacement for somebody? Yeah. Well, in 40 days, you know, scripturally, sounds like a long time, but, like, think about it. Like, how quickly months go by in our calendar, you know? Right. We're halfway almost through May. By the time this comes out, we will be halfway through May. Yeah. I feel like... Didn't wasn't just Easter a couple like a week or so ago? Wasn't New Year's just not that long <laughs> yeah, ago? Right, Christmas. So time marches on, and um, so yeah, I mean, here they're up on a mountain. Uh, I wonder if there was any you know frisbee golf courses around there. Oh, I bet they were the most pristine. Yeah, man, I man, that would have been that would have been something. I wonder if Jesus, you know, with his father Joseph, carved up some frisbee discs. Ooh, you know, out of wonder, wood. But you wonder there, like, if those mountains I picture are higher than the reservoir, so you got a thinner air, so you should be able to throw it a little bit Oh, further. you'd get some distance. You know, just you know, like the Rockies get more home runs. You were going right where I was going. You, you know, know, being like, mile high above the sea level. You got the lighter air, the ball's going to carry, so will the, the Frisbee disc up right. on the mountains of Galilee. <laughs> That's really where Frisbee golf came from, was from the disciples. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They were just having some fun waiting for, you know, well, as they were staring up at Jesus after they were told not to, maybe they just broke out to a game of Frisbee golf. Yeah, maybe they looked down and saw this, you know, circular rock and just thought, I wonder how far I can chuck this thing. (laughs) Okay, that (laughs) reminds me of a kid, so. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I grew up in a cul-de-sac and across the street where, like, our neighbors that were they had a son, two sons a year, like ahead of me in school, a year behind me, so they were good friends. I remember, like, I don't know why we did this. It seemed like the silliest game now. Mm-hmm. But we had this little thing. I forgot what it was, like a stick type thing that bounced. And we used to just see who could chuck it the furthest. Oh, that's <laughs> like, funny. Like we'd do like a little bit of running start down their drive and throw it across the street into the cul-de-sac and see who could throw it the furthest. So, you know, it's kind of like your rock game. You're saying, yeah. just like, who can throw this chunk of thing the furthest? The farthest. And did, were you ever the guy who threw it the farthest? Do you remember? You're asking me something from like 30 <laughs> years ago. I can't remember. Like, well, isn't that crazy? Like the dumb games you make up as a kid. Like, oh yeah, let's let's do this and see who could throw it the farthest. Or like a big, you know, you find a big log and you're by a water and you're like, oh, who can throw this big log in the water the farthest? Yeah, but yeah, so I remember saying that. And the only other thing that like we played some basketball at their house. I mean. But I preferred playing at ours in the cul-de-sac because you know where I grew up, the mm-hmm. general area. So, like, if you miss a shot in their hoop, yeah, it would go down to, like, the end of the street because it was a hill. And it would take you right to now that intersection that has all stop signs now. But it's, like, either you can come up River Road, Agonkin Road, Plum Tree, or mm. you go up Old Hunt. Mm. And that's where the ball would roll down all the way to if you didn't catch it in time. Yeah, And that's a little bit of a... Dr- and not the safest of an intersection, especially at that time where there's only like one stop sign right, out of right. all those streets. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, we miss in our house. It just went down our drive and kind of ended up in the center of the cul-de-sac. Mm. But I remember missing there and be like, oh, now we got to chase. So playing knockout, if you missed, oh yeah, <laughs> you were just done for. You are done for. <laughs> and it was fun riding big wheels down that hill. Oh, I'll bet it was. So. I never had a big wheel. I had a... It was it was something different. It had a smaller wheel on the front. Small wheel? Okay, I'll call it a small wheel. I think it was called a super wheel. Super wheel. And uh, so it had like kind of fat 
tires. They were, they were not so big, but about the size of the back tires of a big wheel. And then a small one with more like rubberized stuff on the front. And man, I could get that thing going so fast. I'd blow away any big wheel. Now, big wheels are faster off the block, you know. <sighs> But this thing had two gears, like low, and then you like you get going and you slam it into the higher gear, and then, and then you're just pumping and pumping, and you just fly by those big wheels and like leave them eating dust, man. It was great. I'm, I've just never seen these. I'm just. I think they were called super wheels. Um, hold on. Does any of our listeners know yeah, what a super wheel did is? Anybody have a super wheel? Um, well, we've, we've really lost, we really have gone off topic here, but super wheel. I'm, I'm looking up here on Google. Maybe you at home are looking it up. All I've seen is bicycles here. Yeah. It, it was not like, I think I was the only kid on the block who had one of these and, uh, everybody else had big wheels and I had the super wheel and I would beat everybody in a longer race. I couldn't beat them in the short race cause it took me a while to get going and it would peel out. And you know, you know how you used to come to a stop and you'd lock the pedals up and you'd turn and you'd spin out. Um, man, I kind of want to go ride a big wheel now. <laughs> I don't know if I could find fit in one. I skid, I used to skid so much on that super wheel that like. It wasn't like uh, it had any air in the tires. It was all hard rubber. Well, then the hard rubber, after you skid so much, starts, like, deteriorating, and you get holes. And I'm like, like, oh, no, my super wheels. It's breaking. And then all of a sudden, the whole front tire was filled with holes, and I'm like, I can't replace my front tire my super wheel. That was the end of the super wheel. Oh, man. And I... So, yeah, so turn in next week as we talk about other childhood <laughs> stories and toys that we enjoyed. I might share about playing in the sandbox. But back to the Ascension. Back to the Ascension, yeah. So, I mean, the thing the thing as you were getting at was, um, you know, this is the way that Jesus will come. As, as the angel said, you know, right. when, when he comes back and when he comes again, he will come with that same power and and might that has been granted to him by sitting at the right hand of the Father. Right. And so that's where I was saying too with that Daniel text when it says, "And him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him." Yeah, had, had uh, his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, mm. and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Yeah, he's victorious. He's everlasting. He has the power, always will, never will be taken away, and and that's the way he's going to come. He's not going to come, um, you know, as a as a human being in a in a human form, or he's not going to be coming in humility as he did riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But he's coming with that power and might, and that that's where like we we kind of joked like, you know, wonder how he will be seen, but. Everybody's gonna know it, like, right. and and that takes me to like what Paul said in Philippians two, where every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, um, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the heavenly Father. So the the Father gets all glory, and that's that's pretty cool. That that Jesus is always deferring the glory up to the Father. Um, and so, but he possesses that glory. But. 
And um, but yeah, you know, back to the transfiguration, it was you know the opposites thing. You know, in the ascension, there's two angels, and you know they're talking to the disciples. You know, why are you waiting, looking up? But in the transfiguration, well, there's two people, Moses, Moses and Elijah, Elijah, and they're talking to Jesus. And the disciples are like, hey, and Peter's like, hey, do you want me to build you yeah, a place? Yeah. And Jesus is like, no. Yeah, I can make a tent for you, for you and him and him. And, you know. and even with that, like, even though we've talked about before, probably when we talked, it's like, how did they know it was Moses and yeah. Elijah? Because I doubt they yeah. had the, hello, my name is Hello, Stick. my name is Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he was carrying like the Ten Commandments, maybe. Yeah, that give it away. And Isaiah carrying something to show he was Elijah. Prophet. Elijah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe he looked more prophetish. Maybe um, he had a. Uh, no, was that Jeremiah, right? That or is it that is Isaiah that had like the throne room and the seeing the seraphim and oh, Isaiah six. It's Isaiah six. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, seraphim comes and touches is, his. Yeah, the burning mouth, coal. The coal. So, yeah, maybe a lot. <laughs> Or maybe there was just a general introduction. Peter, this is Moses. Peter, this is Elijah. Elijah, Peter, Moses, Peter, Peter, Elijah. But, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And they're just like, what? Uh, uh, what is going on? <laughs> well, at least they only had a couple names to know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's what our human mind always wants to know. And even with like the transfiguration and like understanding when Christ comes back, what it's going to look like. No, our our feeble earthly minds are never fully going to be able to comprehend it. No. And that's okay because if I can fully understand th- everything about God, he's not all powerful, all knowing like we say he is. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, h- how are we supposed to wrap as you say our our just limited feeble minds around the divine, the 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 most high. You know, that's why he is the most high. And we're we're not supposed to understand it, but um so yeah, the disciples had a had um, an assignment, you know, to go and be witnesses, and I think the assignment is still true to us today. We are to be witnesses in where we live, um, in the surrounding area, maybe of the surrounding towns or the regions, or in our country, in our world. Yeah, you know, who knows where God's going to send you as you expand that concentric circle? Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. Even though as Jesus is leaving, you know, he said, you know, uh, uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. In, in um, John 14, he said that. And then um, he also said, you know, I'm sending another helper, you know. So that's the beauty of Jesus. He, he never leaves us alone. So he gives us something to do. We're not alone in what we're doing. And that's a great assur- assurance. So Right. So be witnesses, friends. Yeah, and don't worry, because next week we're going to tell you how you're able to do that with the help of the Holy Spirit and what event helped transpire so that we have the Holy Spirit. Thank you and God's blessings. Sounds good. Mm -hmm.